guys. It's time for announcements. There's quite a bit going on this month, so get your listening ears ready. Coming up on November 17th, we're going to have a night of worship. Not to be confused with the worship circles we've been doing. This is more of a worship service. So the worship team will be up here leading through songs. And we just love to spend time worshiping together. And uh, that's going to be November 17th at 7 p.m. Grief Share is meeting on Sundays at 6 p.m. If you have need for support, uh, that's a good place for you to get connected. So come on by 6 p.m. for Grief Share. Hey kids, this one's for you. We're going to be doing a Christmas-themed VBS. It's a one-day VBS that's going to be on December 3rd. It's going to be from 6 till 8.30. So they're going to have so much fun. My kids are super psyched. Your kids should be super psyched too. Have them sign up on the Vineyard app. Also, guys, if you were planning to get involved with the Operation Christmas Child boxes, we have one week left to get those turned in. So, again, they need to be here at the church in the building on November 21st or they're not going to get there. So, make sure that you do that. If you don't have a chance to get the physical box into the church building, you can also do it online. You can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC and you can like do the whole box online, which is a really handy thing when you're a little bit forgetful like me. We're so glad that you chose to join us today. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship in the word. Let's get ready for church. All right. Good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. So excited you're with us. We're getting ready to go. Worship was awesome at 8. Now we're going to jump back in with you guys, and that's going to be awesome as well. Then I'll be in John chapter 8 today. Um, Again, uh, you know, Scripture's amazing, and so we have a great story. Here we go. Good morning. That was a good good morning there. Good response. You don't always get those, so you have to appreciate them when you do. <laughs> Rick, yeah, it's later. I mean, it's still nine thirty. It's like still yeah, but you know, early. someone's coffee has kicked in by now. This is true. We're, we're like cup two crowd here, right? Let me uh, let me tell you what we will be up to today. We start our services with communion, and Chaplain Doug will be leading us in that. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. It's going to be awesome. Then Pastor Georgina will come up to teach the children a Bible verse. And then my dad will have our message. It's Are You Talking to Me? Part 8. That's the series. You can grab your notes on the app. And uh, also, I did want to have a special plug for our uh, worship night this Wednesday at 7. I'd like everyone to be there. Okay? No. No excuses. (laughs) No, it would be great if you could join us. We'll probably live stream it too. So, uh, yeah, it's Wednesday at 7. And uh, that's enough plugs for today. Let's pray and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to gather here this morning and to fellowship with one another and to worship you. Lord God, would you would you come now and would you fill this place with your presence, God? Would you... Open our hearts to receive your great and abundant love for us, God. Lord, we want to encounter you today. We want to experience your goodness in our lives, God. Holy Spirit, come. And we join with the churches who are all over the world proclaiming your gospel with this collect 
Lord God, we humbly ask you to absolve your people from their sin so that through your bountiful goodness we may be set free from the chains of those sins which in our weakness we have committed. Grant this, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Chaplain Doug, would you please celebrate communion for us? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal... I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship together. and I would encourage us all to sing out and to participate and to lift Jesus in this this time together if you're joining us online please do the same participate it makes a big difference when you do if we're here now we can hear you guys sing with us and we're always so pumped up and encouraged when you lift your voices we'll see the words pop up all over the place you're welcome to sit but stand if you're able this is a fun one speak to the mountains
God, you are so good to us. You are so faithful. You are so true. You are worthy of all of our praise, Lord. It's your name we lift up, God. You are so, so good, God. Lord, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hi, Cole. Are you going to be in Good morning, everyone. Hi, boys. How are you? Cool. Okay, so the most important question. What is the most important book in the whole entire world called? (gasps) Christian, was that you? Good job. Yes, the Bible. And what is the first book of the Bible? Good job, Christian. You were going to say that? I'm sorry. Cool. I'm so glad you got it. Okay, guys, so our story comes from the book of Genesis, and we are continuing on in the life of Isaac. Remember, Isaac was Abraham's son, right, that Abraham and Sarah waited so long for, right? Well, Isaac grew up, and he got married, and he married someone named Rebecca. Isn't that a cool name? I like that name. Yeah? Um, no, I don't know about that one. Yeah? Okay, you're right. So Rebecca had twins, and one of the kids' names were Jacob and Esau. But Esau was born first. And years later, his father Isaac was getting old, and he wanted to bless his firstborn son, because that's what you did. You blessed your firstborn son. They got the most of the blessing, right? Because they were going to be like the leaders of, the, of their family. So when Esau, when, um, when Jacob, thank you, when Jacob found out that that Esau was going to get the blessing, guess what he did, guys? He tricked his father. Did you know that? Yes. Yes, he did. And his mother followed along. Yes, you're right, Cole. Good job. Yes, and and his mom helped him, yeah. And then he tricked him, right? And then the blessing went to Jacob instead of Esau, and Esau was very angry. He was like, oh, no, this is not good, right? And then, guess what happened? Rebecca and Isaac were telling them, <laughs> were ta- told Jacob, you must go far away, right? So that Esau won't hurt you. So Jacob went far away. And one night, God spoke to Jacob and told him, Jacob, I am going to be with you. And I am going to watch over you forever and ever, right? And then many years passed by, and Jacob had a family, And he decided that he needed to go home 
But guess what? He was afraid that Esau was going to be angry with him. Do you think Esau was angry with him? No. No? Okay. Cool. But he didn't know. So he was like, I don't know if he's angry with me. I don't know what's going to happen with my family. So he sent gifts before him, right? So that Esau can have gifts to hopefully make peace with him, right? And then on that same night, a man came. And guess what happened with the man and Jacob? They wrestled. Good job, Dakila. They wrestled one another, right? All night long. Can you believe that? All night long? No. Yeah. And Jacob would not give up. So the man touched his hip, and he hurt his hip, right? And Jacob was like, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. And the man did bless Jacob and told him this. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, from now on, you will be called Israel, right? Because you have fought with God and with men, and you have won. I know, right? Isn't that a good one? Yeah. So after that, Jacob and Esau met, and they embraced each other. They made peace with one another, and Esau went back to his home, and Jacob went even further away. And guess what? He bought a, he bought land. And that was when the promise that God had given Abraham, had given Isaac, came true. Jacob was able to live in the promised land. So cool. Guess what, guys? God changed Jacob's life and changed his name to Israel. Because we believe in Jesus, right? Our names are changed. And guess what we're called? Children of God. Very good. Children of God. Isn't that awesome? Cool. All right. So you guys ready to say the Bible verse together? So let's say it all together, okay? After me. Ready? Genesis 32, 28. Genesis 32, 28. Excellent job, guys. Your name, Your name will, be Jake, will not be Jacob. Will not be Jacob. The man told him. The man told him. From now on. Now you will be called. You will be called Israel. Israel. Because you. Because you have fought. Have fought. With God. A God. And with men. And have won. And have won. That's right. Where's your brother? Okay. All right, and it's uh, it's Tyler's birthday, so hey, happy birthday. We're going to sing Tyler, happy birthday, okay? Everybody's getting a sticker because God has rewarded those who didn't seek him, but you get a birthday sticker, it's even better. Here we go, let's sing him. Happy birthday to you. All right, hang on, hang on. Pastor Georgina's got to pray for you. All right, guys, ready? You've been so good, okay? Awesome. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Okay, ready? Father in heaven, we are so grateful, Lord God, for our children, Lord God, for the blessing and joy that they bring into our lives, Lord God. And I just pray protection over them, Lord God. I pray that they will know you, Lord, as the God who watches over them and who is with them all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. All right, guys, go have fun. Bye, baby. Have fun. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad to have you with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad to have you with us as well. We just had children's time. It's funny because some of them realize that they're on camera. <laughs> they start doing some crazy <laughs> And Pastor Georgina just keeps going like, mm-hmm. the kid's got his feet up in the air. I just love it. Look what I can do. Uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that little QR code that just popped up on the screen is for you. If you were to take your smart device and point it at that with the camera on, it will pop up a digital connect card link. And that link would ask for your name and your email address and your phone number. If you would fill it out for us over the next four, five, six weeks, you would get a couple of texts and a couple of emails from us. And uh, we would love to have you fill that out. And... If you are a first-time guest, we have a gift for you back there at Guest Services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out, and they will give you a gift. Also, don't forget uh, that we are praying for our neighbors, very specifically, trying to keep this in the forefront of what we do. And I've encouraged you to walk by. Don't go and knock anybody's door, nobody, but walk by and pray for the people in those homes all around you. And one thing that you can do is you can take one of these little magnet things that we have and leave it somewhere safe um, that just said, hey, we prayed for you, all right? Or take one, put it on your fridge, and every time you get a refreshing beverage, uh, pray for your neighbors. Or every time you get a snack, they'll probably get a lot more of us praying, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it's really important. And, and so I, and I want you to continue to do that. We also want to pray for that corporately. So let's, you know, just think about your neighbors for a moment. And let's go to Papa. Papa, um, we lift our neighbors up to you. We ask that you would help us to love them well because we know that's your heart. And God, that, that many would be drawn to you. We ask that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We give you thanks for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. One more thing I've been uh, talking about often is another code. They're like, look at all these codes. The whole thing is going to be a giant code someday. But very convenient. And again, if you took your smart device and pointed that, no matter what kind of smart device you have with the camera on, it will give you a link to our app. I really want you to get the new app. And and there is a new app. If I mean, it's within the last six months or a year, I guess. Um, so some people have the old app and think that's what I'm talking about. I'm not. There's a new app, and it has the, the new sort of grape logo on it. That's how you tell the difference. And the reason this is important to me is we're going to introduce a whole bunch of things through the app here very soon that we're working on, and that will be your digital connection. And so I want to make sure that everybody has it. And I can tell who's joining because I get a report. Every week. And so we're going to keep talking about it until I have plenty of people on board. But it does some really cool things because like we talked about fill-in notes, which I think all of you should be filling in as we talk. And then it emails to you at the end so you can go back and look. Also, it gives you the perfect excuse to be looking at your phone while I'm talking. I understand. Um, 
And then uh, it, it tells you everything is happening. There's a lot of events on there. The, the thing this week I want you to know uh, is that it also has this thing called Vine Press Questions. And if you ever have a question about something that happens during the sermon, you hit that, you send it to me. I look at them all the time. Every couple of weeks I shoot a little video, usually at my house now, and I answer them, and I post it, and it's there for you, okay? And so if you're doing your fill-in notes and something happens, you don't understand, you have a question, don't just let it go. Shoot a question to me. I will try and answer you, all right? So please download the app Really important. We're going to continue on in the series called, are you talking to me? And uh, based on a little verse in John 6, Jesus has said some hard things. A lot of people leave. He looks at the 12. He says, what about you? Are you going to leave too? And Peter says, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Remember when you read eternal life, don't think way off in the distance. You have the word. You have the power of life. You have the words of life. And Jesus brought the power of life into the world when he came and defeated the power of sin and the power of death with it. And so we have already begun our eternal life in him. And John, uh, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, gives us a lot of uh, stories and events and encounters where he d- lets us know what Jesus had to say about things. And in those words, there's life. So we're looking at them and we're, uh, we're figuring out how to live this life as new creation people now. Very practical things that John gives us in there. And we've talked in this series about the amazing grace of God. We've talked about choices we have to make, doing the next right thing and the importance of that, keeping God in the equation. Last week we talked about the importance of encouragement in our lives. And today we're going to look at a statement Jesus makes about being the light of the world. And a great encounter that we're going to look at today. But let me do the bad joke. Now, uh, my response last service was not good. So I'm going to say maybe it was me. But I just think, I think this service is more in tune. I'm setting them up to give me a mercy chuckle. So uh, I had been walking around apparently and I was humming a lot of Bach tunes and uh, I had to stop because people were telling me that I sounded like a broken record. Baroque. Go look it up. I heard there's a new shop called Moderation. They have everything in there. I can't believe that's not doing better than that because that's a classic. I don't get it. Is it is it that you don't get it right away? <laughs> Everything in moderation is classic. I remember the first time I saw universal remote control. I thought to myself, well, this changes everything. Alice, my love, come on. Rescue me. Perhaps they're just not as good as I thought they were. Nah. <laughs> Nobody gets the Baroque thing unless the they're Baroque. like art history up. majors or maybe music made Baroque. The Baroque. She didn't get it either. See? Thank you. <laughs> Tell me. What's that mean? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, there you go. Just I'm just going to move funny. over here. Oh, all right. We're going to just forget all leaving the past behind us. We're going to move forward and press into Papa, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that your faithfulness is great. 
and our humanness, Father, we just don't have the words that properly express your beauty and your wonder and your majesty, Lord. So we, we use our songs and we use our hands and we use our hearts to express how much we love you and your wonder, Lord. Father, I pray today and all all throughout the week, Father, that those of us that hear your word and know your voice would be able to reflect into the world who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? As Steve said, the text today is out of the Gospel of John, and this is chapter 8, verses 1 and following. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down, and he started writing in the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who was without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down, and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Now go and leave your life of sin. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. I want to press into verse 12 today. Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. That's huge. But will have the light of life. So Jesus is talking there. He's the light of the world. He brings us the light of life. And he tells us, look, we will never walk in darkness. And he says that after this encounter that happens, a famous encounter with... uh, with this woman and things that were going on. So I want to dig into the story. I want to start before I hop into the story, though, and sort of get this out of the way. So um, what was Jesus writing? Why am I talking about this? For whatever reason, this has become a big point in the story, and a lot of people sort of get consumed by what thinking, trying to figure out what Jesus was writing, and they miss what's really happening in the story. And they go, oh, that's a, he was writing. And there's a lot of ideas that people have about what Jesus was writing there on the ground. And I can tell you, I've heard lots and lots of them about what's going on. And what you need to know is that there's no way of knowing, right? They were using the question to trap in order, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. That's all it says. And if we were really supposed to know, it would be in the text. It's not in there. 
But people get consumed with it, and they often tell me, oh, this is what he was writing. And, and I'm like, okay, you can think what you want, and it's all good, but don't lose the story because you get consumed by what he was writing. We don't know. If you all know he was writing down all their sins, okay. He was writing down their names, okay, if that's what you need to know. Um, some people say he was writing the Ten Commandments, so okay, well, uh, you know, um, I, I heard recently it was a fulfillment of Jeremiah 17:13. Lord, uh, you are the hope of Israel who forsake um, all you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust. So it could be this. You know, they've forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. It could be a lot of things. And I used to, I used to say, I don't say this anymore because I, I offended some people by saying it. I said, you know, but it's just as likely he was playing tic-tac-toe. But I don't say that anymore because some people are immediately offended. So... Um, <sighs> The deal is, don't get sidetracked by that. It doesn't really matter. And you can, whatever, it's all good, all right? And, and so, but just don't let that be the main thing in the story. It's really not important to the story, or we would know exactly what was going on. But it's the, this whole encounter uh, that, that is talking about the light of life, the light of the world. That's what really matters, and that's what we have to dig into. Again, verse 12, remember, Jesus spoke again to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What does it mean to walk in darkness and what's going on? And why would he say that after that encounter? So as followers of Jesus, what we're going to have in our lives is the light of life. That's what's going to be flowing through us. The Pharisees, which is what this story is all about, uh, it's about what they think and how Jesus is modeling life for us. The Pharisees, they were living out the light of the law. And, and, and so it's the opposite thing, right? It, it, let's, so we have the light of life, that's where life, and then it's the light of the law. But the light of the law is actually a darkness. It's not a light at all. And, and so I think of that as the darkness of Legalism, and that's what's being exposed in this story, and we have to be thinking about it all the time because uh, we have a tendency. The church uh, has a tendency to slip into legalism, Pharisaism, um, rather than continuing to model the life of new creation that we have as followers of Jesus. We we slip back, and it happens. Pretty regularly, and it happens. Um, um, I think because at some level it's easy. At some level, see this this life that we have in Christ. It's about relationship, and and God has empowered us. He's filled us with His Holy Spirit, and and when we have Holy Spirit, that's where we find life. We listen, we grow. He teaches us. We yield to Him. We experience life in Him. But there's relationship that's involved in that. We have to press in. Um, we have to yield. We have to listen. We have to grow in that. It has to be cultivated. Like any good relationship, it, you, you spend time in that relationship. Sometimes what we, what we think is, that seems like a lot of work. Just tell me what the rules are and I'll do those instead. And, and we'll slip into that. We'll just be rule followers. That's what we want. 
And, and again, the tension is that there's no life in that. As new creation people, remember, we're, it's like putting on clothes. We're putting on the new creation clothes, the outfit. Paul says, you're a new, put on those clothes. Don't put on the old clothes because you'll have a tendency to do that because they seem to be easier. That they, we seem to gravitate towards that because it's the, it's the old way of doing things. And we have an enemy who wants us in the old clothes because there's no life there. We've talked about that. So we have to be careful uh, that we don't get caught in that. Because sometimes they feel like they're more comfortable, but there's no life in them. You ever, anybody here have comfy clothes? I have some, I do, I like comfy clothes. I'm going to tell you. And, and generally, um, I, the, the big time for me for comfy clothes is after church on Sunday. Because I'm usually tired. Now people often will say, well, you only work one day a week. Why in the world would you be tired on Sunday? And I, Granted, that's happening. But for whatever reason, I'm tired of Sunday. So I have a pair of shorts that I really like to put on. They're very soft. And I have an old T-shirt that I'll put on. And it's the one day of the week that I actually wear slippers. I'm a little embarrassed, I guess. Uh, but I have these slippers that are only on Sundays. And they actually say Papa on one and Bear on the other. <laughs> Just so you get the idea. And my wife has a matching pair that says Mama Bear. Anyway, they're comfy, right? But, but don't get confused by that because the old set of clothes that you want to kind of gravitate towards, there's no life in there. They're not comfy. They're, what's comfortable is the new creation clothes, this new way of living, re, you know, relating the Holy Spirit, being led by Him. That's where we find life. But we, we've got to keep getting pulled back into that old thing because it just seems to be easier to follow rules. And there's no life no life in rule following. I, I was laughing. I live in a community down the road where there's a lot of rules, which is fine. I don't care. Just tell me what the rules are. I'll do those. But here's the thing about following rules. When you're a good rule follower, all of a sudden, if you see somebody that's not following the rules, you, why does it want it? So it'll poke me a little bit. I'll think, well, that's not in the rules. Now, the last thing I, and I never act on it because I don't want to be the rule police. Because there's just absolutely miserable. But a lot of people are drawn to being rule police. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's, there's no lie. It just makes you mean and critical and judgmental. And I have to watch it. I'll see somebody not doing something and I could, I could maybe get a little, well, you know. And, and there's no life in that, right? We don't want to, we don't want to be those mean people. I said last week. Listen, it is way easier to be critical and judgmental than it is to actually model what this Jesus life looks like. We want to slip into that. So we have to be careful. How do we know when we're slipping into it? Well, here's some things that are happening. This is what the light of law looks like, the darkness of legalism. It just doesn't care about people. It cares about the rules. That, that shift, you know, will let you... That should be the first thing that goes is you're more concerned about rules than people. Because that's... It's just not the heart of God about anything. So look what happens in this story. Verse 3, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery and they made her stand before the group. Can you, can you even imagine that, that this woman caught in the act of adultery is dragged before this group of very unfriendly people? Um, and and just, I, I want you to begin to think about all the dynamic of what's happening here, the fear, the shame, uh, the humiliation, everything that's going on. And these people who are supposed to be representing God are the ones doing this. The finger pointing, the criticism, the, the, just the mess of what's happening. They drag her before the group because they, all they care about is rules, not about people. It's also legalism is highly selective. 
And by that, I mean, um, if you get stuck in being rule police, you're going to, you want to sort of, um, there's some people who you want to give a break to. Either people that you like or people that you think it might, you might curry some favor with. But there's some room for you to wiggle room. All of a sudden, there's some wiggle room on how the rules. And like you would rather they weren't like forced on you either. You want, you know, but, but we get stuck there. It's very, very selective, this whole deal. And so, again, verse 3, the teachers of all the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Well, that ought to make you sort of question on yourself right away. Just a woman? Last time I checked. Where's the guy caught in adultery? He ain't brought forward. Why? It's a selective thing we were following. And it's kind of a good old boy club going on. And it probably one of the Pharisees. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and, you know, when you're reading, you know, people ask me stuff about the Old Testament all the time. Oh, why was God like this and like that? Remember, God created everything perfect. That was the heart of God. That's how it's supposed to be. We got the creation story. We blew it. At the fall, we invited the enemy in, and he, he got to take our authority and make a big mess. And God, uh, throughout the Old Testament, is operating in the mess and, until he can set things right when he comes and when he comes again, right? And, and so, the, in, in the way they had worked it out through the law and everything, they put on the women the responsibility of keeping the lineage clean, not on the men. So, so the women would have to protect, and the lineage was very important to, for lots of reasons, all on the women. That's why ultimately she was dragged in and not the guy. He was given a pass. But that's legalism. It is, it's just, it's so selective, and you let all sorts of things slide for all kinds of reasons. It also focuses on punishment. It, it just becomes about wanting the punishment and force that's all we care about. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, you can, I, could, I just had this thought. I remember one time I was coming back onto Big Pine. It was at night, and I'm driving through. And you know that the speed limit change. And I almost said there the ridiculous speed limit change, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> because some of you might really appreciate it. It's all good. I don't care. What's the rule? 35? Fine. I can get out and almost walk at this pace, but whatever you want me to do. I'm not bitter. But I have lived here long enough when it wasn't always like that. It's another story. I digress. But when I'm doing 35 and someone passes me, have you ever had the thought, where are the cops? <laughs> and, and I can remember one night driving in and somebody passed me and the cops flipped on the lights and grabbed them. And I was like, yes! All of a sudden, everything was justified. And that's horrible, right? You don't know. Why was he going fast? Maybe someone was going, I don't want to be that person. It's not my job. But see, you get there, but you get focused on punishment. If I'm a rule follower and I'm doing it right, when somebody doesn't, ooh, I just want them to get it. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. The law commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? No, it was a trap. But again, think about this poor woman, Right? Already caught in something they shouldn't have been doing and dragged in front of this group, the shame, the humiliation. Now she thinks she's about to die. That's what's going on in the story. And these, the people representing God are like fueling it. Yes. Well, fortunately, Jesus is on the scene. And he's going to react differently. And, and we're supposed to be watching what he does and learning from it. 
So be careful in everything that I just said, because you can see by example that there's a lot of things that we do that push us in that direction all the time. But the light of life, what Jesus does, see, it always, we know we got that right. It cares more about people than about rules. You know, you've heard me say, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that there's not rules, and they're not, they are, but they're not more important than situations and people and relationship and pressing in and the heart of God and understanding him. It's all about that. And God cares about people. God has made a way for us to be reconciled to him. He's come and he's actually taken care of all of the mess that we've done on the cross. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He rose again. Everything that needed to happen so we could be reconciled to him. Don't get stuck in all that mess that was the enemies. This is what life looks like because God cares about people and wants them to be reconciled to him. And this woman is dragged before there, and Jesus has said, you know, go ahead, throw the stones or whatever. Nobody could. And I love, but I love, I want to get to this. He cares about people. And it just says, Jesus straightened up. They'd left. Here's this woman. Where are they? Has no one condemned you? How, how amazing is Jesus? Don't you love that Jesus loves you even though you're still a big mess? And even though other people might have all, but, and, and you might have even blown it, because we all do, right? But, but Jesus doesn't, he just loves us. He gets it. I love that he does it. See, there's this understanding that we're all sinners. And we, we're all a broken mess. And we never, we can never forget that. In the course of our lives. Never forget it. We need grace. We need mercy. Hopefully we're on track, you know, and, and yielding the Holy Spirit. There are things that we are not doing anymore that we used to do that was not the way we, we should live. But we're doing it all in response to his love for us and embracing, you know, a new creation life and what it looks like. And that's what keeps us moving forward in this life, right? And he gets us. He And we just need to know and always remember that we constantly need his grace and his mercy. Because we are not yet arrived. Nobody. I've never met an arrived person yet. We're just not. I've met some good people. But nobody's arrived. We all have little messes going on. We've all done things that we probably shouldn't have done. You know, we're, we're learning. We're in process. I teased with the last group. I did this at the end of the sermon. But let me do it here. So, um, so sometimes we, we've probably done things we shouldn't have done in the course of our lives, right? And uh, we learn from those things, and hopefully we don't continue to do them. But, but when you've done something you shouldn't have done, uh, there's, there's always a little bit of fear that kind of rides around there. Anybody ever have any fear about things? Let me give you an example. So I pull into the church uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday, I don't know, Thursday, I think. Was it Friday? Friday morning. And uh, I opened the mailbox to grab the mail. And in the mail, there's this little um, card from the post office. And it says that we have a piece of certified mail that needs a signature from the county. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but in my experience, I have never gotten a good piece of certified mail. No one has ever certified, love you so much, wanted it to be certified, so I knew that you had it. Hallelujah. And by the way, here's a few thousand dollars just for you. <laughs> certified mail has always been a problem. Generally, something that I've done that I shouldn't have done is now an issue. And, and there you go. And it's from the county. And again, that has never been good for me. So. And I'm like, I'm really like, well, I'm trying to do the right thing now. Like, you might have noticed that we're building a deck out there. That has a permit. It took three years to get it. 
But it's going to be really cool when it happens. And it wasn't easy, and there was a lot of back and forth, and we had to put in a bunch of plants from something else that maybe I, I don't know. Anyway. I'm on, oh, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So, and then the worst part was, I couldn't get to it. It was in limbo somewhere, right? And so I had to sign the thing and put it back in the mailbox. And then I'm, I'm like, okay. Because now I want to know, right? And this little fear, because I'm thinking, I don't, what have I, what, oh my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> David just knows me for years. And, uh, and I'm like, sorry, but I keep pushing it back. Because we don't need to live in fear. Right? I want you to know that. And so I'm getting a hold of it. I'm pushing it back. Whatever. Whatever it is, I'm going to deal with. God's got me. God never leaves. You know, he never is going to leave me. He loves me. It's going to work out. So I have to keep convincing myself. But I do want to know what's in the letter. And then Saturday, I'm not over here, but I'm having them check the mail. And the first wave of mail comes and it's not in there. I'm like, what do you mean it's not in there? Now I'm going to be waiting until Monday. <gasps> but then it shows up. And I open it, and you you probably wonder. It was just, it's actually from the fire marshal. I didn't say there was a problem, but we haven't been inspected in like 20 years. So I'm like, when I get it, like, oh, well, I guess it could be worse. <laughs> and it is what it is, and God's got us. I don't even know why I'm saying that at the moment, but you get it that these things happen, right? None of us has arrived yet. We've all got issues. and And so it's almost like... This fear of, have I done something and I'm going to get stood up in front of everybody and be shamed by it. And people can point fingers and like, what kind of Christian are you? And, <sighs> but Jesus, you know what? <laughs> Thank God for grace and mercy. I'm not, and I don't use it to do things that I shouldn't. I just know that in the course of my life when I've made poor choices, that Jesus doesn't walk away. He's just there and says, hey, look, I'm right here. I don't condemn you. And so he, he said, when they kept on questioning, he straightened up and he said to them, listen, if any of you is with that, this should be the, if any of you has got this all figured out, you can toss a stone, but nobody could. In fact, of everybody in this whole story who could have ever thrown a stone, the only one who qualified was Jesus, and he never does. He does something completely different. What does Jesus do? Rather than throw a stone, point, punish, mess up, criticize, be horrible, whatever. What does he do? He, he, he says, listen, has anyone condemned you? He says, no. She says, no. And he says, then neither do I do. But look what he says now. But go now and leave your life of sin. You need to hear me say when I say that. We don't take sin lightly. Jesus never took sin lightly. If you wonder, you know, how lightly he doesn't take sin, Jesus is going to go to the cross on all of our behalf. And in the most horrible, humiliating sequence of events of torture and shame and, and the, the worst possible death that you could imagine that he's going to endure. I don't even like thinking about the horrors of what entails in cruise. He takes all of that on for us so that he can defeat the power of sin and the power of death. He never takes it lightly. But he says, now listen, go now and leave your life of sin. He's offering to her this hope of, of amazing life, this righteous life, where never again will you have to stand alone. Never again will you have to stand in the midst of your shame and your fear and your guilt and all of those broken things. Because Jesus is basically saying, listen, I am with you. I'll always be with you. And we're going to continue to press on because I care about you and I love you. And that's what the light of life 
demonstrates in the world around us. And what it does is it encourages us to continually see the beauty of potential in people. The importance of, of seeing people the way that God does and encouraging them. You see, you, you can't make a difference in someone's life with legalism. You can't make a difference in someone's life by pointing out to them their mess and criticizing and judging them and, and wanting to see them punished. That doesn't work. What changes people is love. Love changes people. Offering them the kingdom of God changes people. Offering them hope changes people. That's what it's all about, and that's what we need to continue to press into. That's where we find life. That's what he calls us to. We're modeling new creation life in Jesus. So continue to press into him and continue to find him in that, because that's where things are going to make a big difference and where they're going to change. Amen? Ministry team, those here, you can head over to the wall. Alice, my love, why don't you come up? Let's pray. And then uh, we'll dismiss. We'll dismiss from there. So I just was. I've been thinking all this weekend that perhaps that some of you are kind of stuck in this this fear thing that kind of just keeps wanting to pull you back. It keeps tugging on you. Keeps coming up. And I had a sense all weekend, and want to say it again, that, that you need to just know from the Lord that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And you have to stand there. That's where you're going to find life. And, and that verse, that, that knowledge, that passage from God will just give you a place of rest and peace where you can take a stand and find life. And know this too, that, that God's amazing mercy and grace is that He's with us. He's got us. He loves us. He, he doesn't, He's not finger pointing and, and criticizing and judging. He's loving. He's the one that's saying, oh, come on, I love you so much. I don't condemn you. Come on. I paid the price for you. Come on. I want you to find life. Come on. I don't want you to ever feel shame again. Come on. See, that's the heart of God. And that's how he wants us to live this thing. And so, you know, for some of you, I just want to just, just be free in the name of Jesus. And let that impact you. you. Know that he's with you. He's standing right with you and he loves you. And hang on to that. As I was praying for you all this week, the Lord showed me a picture. And I was like I was it was a drone shot and it was over um, like the country like a field there was four corners road going like this and there was a, um, a man standing in the middle of it and I felt like the Lord said to you I feel like someone's at a crossroads and you have a choice and then he gave me this scripture for you It's Jeremiah 6.16, and this is actually, the 16 says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. And I feel like what that means is as you're, as you're debating which way to go, there's a path of promise and there's a path of problem. And he's going to reveal that clearly to you as you seek him. And then it goes on, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. So if that's for you, take that in. And then Miss Alicia shared one with me earlier, and I'd like her to share it with y'all. Good morning, church. 
as I was spending time with the Lord, um, I saw this garden box, which is weird. I'm not a gardener, so you know. Um, and I was like, okay. And I pressed into that, and he said, Mary, Mary, quite contrary, how does your garden grow? And I said, hmm, how does my garden grow? He said, your relationship with me is like a garden, and how do you grow it? And I just want to encourage you that he's try- he wants to restore you to Eden on the inside while we wait for Eden to be restored on the outside. So press into how our garden grows with Jesus. Thanks, sweetheart. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. It all starts with Jesus, folks. I will say it every time. Uh, Jesus invites us into his story. We respond to the invitation by asking him to be our Lord and Savior. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never done that, do it now. Best decision you will ever make in your life. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness to giving, your offerings, your tithes, all those things. Let's move to the doxology because it's about to rain children. Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Prayer is over there if you need it. Let someone pray for you. These doors will be open. Please head out this way when you're going out. Have a great day. Enjoy the weather. We will see you all soon. Thanks for watching online. There we go. Thanks for watching online, guys. We love you, and I uh, hope you have a great week. Uh, we'll be in John chapter 9 next week, another great passage there. So have a great day. Go home and put your slippers on. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.